John Candy is a treasure. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember <clears throat> the Great Outdoors? Oh yeah. Every transition is is uh, raccoons talking to each other <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> And the one raccoon's like, I love hot dogs. What's in them? And the other <laughs> raccoon's like, I don't know, lips and assholes. <laughs> Is that where that joke That's comes that from? Because <laughs> my dad has been saying that for years. Yeah. yeah. Ever, well, he's been saying it ever since the great outdoors. A- anytime I hear it, I think of my Uncle Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> lips and assholes. <laughs> yeah. And I hear that all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the Cold Bowl Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, bros. What's up? I'm so excited. This is, <laughs> this is so good. the best. This is so good. Scott's here with us now. Spirits are high. And for some reason, we can't find a way to get all four of us together at the yeah, same time. Troy, Troy's not here, unfortunately. Troy can't be here. He's got family house stuff. He's doing things. I think he's that, knocking boots. This is about to all be real. I mean. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Me so. too. Um, he needs it. <laughs> I mean, we all do. But, he deserves it. But Troy. Anyway. So, uh, guys, what have you been up to? <laughs> I watched the new Dave Chappelle special. Is it is it good? You I love like it? it. I love it. I I actually watched it this morning. Um, and I know that there's uh, it's kind of a hot topic right now. Yeah, right now there's a lot of people that are. Yeah, by the time you listen to us, it might not be as hot, but it's... I don't know, dude. Like, it's pretty hot. Like, it's like... I said this to you guys earlier, but it, it says this is the first time a special has felt special. Yeah. Like, it uh, it feels important, almost, for some reason. It, it's a, it's like a statement piece. If It seems like it... I don't know. I hope it kind of changes the, the whole atmosphere around... Wouldn't that be wild if it changed anything? The <laughs> right? fact that a Dave Chappelle stand-up changed something? Like... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's it's pretty bonkers, dude. Like, like you're looking at your history books thirty years from now, or like, and then uh, one brave man, <laughs> David Chappelle, said the N word seventeen hundred times in <laughs> in an hour. He's the Dave Chappelle. I think he's a French actor. He's like from the same ilk as Juicy Smollett. <laughs> Juicy Smollett. <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, you know that French actor, uh, Juicy Smollett. <laughs> so, so the, the and special they all stayed very quiet. The, the special is on Netflix, and it's called Sticks and Stones. It's it, it's uh, pretty raunchy, and it, it on on purpose. He, he tries to be as offensive as possible uh-huh. um, as a statement to the quote unquote cancel culture that we're living in. Yeah, um, cancel culture is so. If I understand it right, it's a movement of people on social media demanding like a celebrity gets fired to yeah. like to like become irrelevant basically it, it's a, it's much. it's a way to to keep people in check using social justice yeah so it's like uh, <laughs> yeah okay so but so even if you like are the, just the Joe difference Schmo, between social justice and justice, actual justice is actual justice is blindfolded, <laughs> <laughs> or it should be. Well, and that's one of his jokes in the in the stand up is uh, and and I, I try not to get super duper political, 
But one of his jokes is like he has like impressions, and one of the impressions is someone like, "Oh, I'm, if you do anything wrong in your life ever, I'm uh, gonna make sure that you lose everything for it, and then you're in trouble." You know, guess who that is? That's you. <laughs> that's how I see you. That's, mother- like, that's his opening joke. I'm sorry if I ruined it for you because <laughs> I didn't deliver it nearly as good as Dave Chappelle can. But when he said that and just made fun of his own audience, I was like, "Dude, that's." Bold. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Everything about this spe- this special was was bold. Yeah, like like he knew exactly what he was doing. He was very calculated, and he executed it perfectly. So he's, he's a smart dude too. Like he he he's like a like a philosopher. He's, he thinks so deeply. But that I, and we talked about this in our uh, comedian uh-huh. episode. It's like episode a three or four. Time yeah, ago. D- don't listen to it. It's probably pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> we talked Poor about dude. how comedians are the uh, the philosophers of today. Yeah, today's philosophers. Um, they're the ones that think, and they're the ones that get up in front of crowds of people and talk. And so it's not. It, it, they're trying to make jokes and they're trying to be entertaining. That's true, but. They, I mean, there the whole there's a whole brand of comedy. There's a whole uh, um, genre genre of comedy that is that is observational comedy. Yeah. Well, what is what is uh, what is philosophy? But obs- observing the human condition and and making and commenting ma- and commenting on it. That's that's exactly what uh, Jerry Seinfeld made an entire career doing that's what that's what jim gaffigan does is he observes human the human condition and comments on it and and, and, th- and they're th- doing it to get laughs but they're also making statements about yeah the human race and and dave Chappelle is is up there with the greats he is he is such a deep deep thinker so there's so many times in this special where it's like the big moments in it aren't like roll on the floor laughing it's like mic drop dang like the top of your head unscrews and yeah. then you have that uh that head explosion meme yeah. moment where you're like oh I'm your head now, becomes the universe i'm now a higher being and like yeah. because i've listened to this exactly yeah, uh and, in and between you, the 1700 n words that he is <laughs> and, and you saying that he's a modern day philosopher that like really isn't that much of a stretch too no like the way that people are talking about it and there are those on his side. There are those against him. I mean, Shakespeare was the same way. Like he Absolutely. was an entertainer, but but he was controversial people, at the time. Yeah, and yeah, look yeah. how many people quote him. And he's like 400, 300 years ago. Yeah, yeah, and he and he, he was a comedian too. He wrote mm-hmm. funny comedies. Like he, he was to to his contemporaries just as much of a comedian. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It was and incredibly funny. Yeah, oh, dude, I dude. I was dying. The juicy Smollett stuff <laughs> just killed. Me. I said this before. Like I've definitely heard funnier standups, and I've heard more offensive standups, but never has anyone felt like so special before yeah. than like this one that I've seen. Yeah. This is like Richard Pryor, the special. This is like Eddie Murphy and the Raw. Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. Raw. Like this is one of the. Most important, greatest stand-up specials ever. He, and and it's funny that you, you can tell as, as it goes on from subject to subject, you just know he listed out all the hot topic things that you can't talk about and joke about, and he hit them all. 
And he said, I'm going to scream that word at the yeah. top of my lungs. Well, he joked about suicide. He joked about school shootings. Like, this joke to talk about, dude. Yeah. Joked about <laughs> diddling kids. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he did. Uh, Everything. It, so, so if you're he listening, defended Louis C.K. Defended in the Louis most C. hilarious <laughs> way. So, so if you're listening to us right now, <laughs> and, and and this sounds That's my favorite joke is his Louis C.K. joke about there, there's never a point in a man's never, life when he's more the, less when he's threatening, least threatening. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say, um, if you're uh, if you're listening and you're interested in the in the special. And you're faint-hearted when it comes to uh, oh, yeah. raunchy Beware. comedy. Beware. Don't watch it. For uh, do. I don't know. Sure. I know it's. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's like. I don't know. It's it's so weird. I I, I don't know where the lines are drawn anymore in, in these in 2019. And I think that's it, his point. Yeah, is, is the, the lines is are moving? That, like the the, the or there like, is maybe there's no lines that, anymore. There dude. shouldn't be lines. I don't I don't even know who I'm politically affiliated with. Like where I stand. I don't know what spectrum I fall into. But that's the cool well, you thing. You definitely is, do fall into a spectrum. A, a spectrum. Yeah. But that's the cool thing too. Is like I don't I don't have to label myself. Is that an as offensive a, joke? Did I just tell? Him? Do I have to get canceled? Yeah, you're canceled. Because I told an offensive... Oh, dang it. Um, yeah, go politics. Go politics. <laughs> uh, this should transition nicely into what I've been up to, uh, because I have been obsessed with this story. Um, have you guys heard about the Zoe Quinn, Alec Halawaska story? I don't nope. even know how to say his name at all. Have you heard about this? Nope. I haven't heard of either so of these people. This is, this is a long, complicated story, and I don't want to say it. I don't want to spend too much time on it, so I'll try to give like a gist of it. A gist. This is, this is a joke that Troy made last week that we can't play because it's... Again, anyway. Um, an unaired inside joke. Awesome. An, <laughs> an unaired inside there joke. Is so... Do you guys know Gamergate? That super controversial thing that, like, even if you said on, like, YouTube or something, your video would get taken down? Yeah. Uh, Gamergate was the counter-counterculture movement uh, where essentially they felt like they were not getting represented fairly by their by their own, by their own media. Right. So like a uh, Republican would say the video games make you shoot people and a uh, video game publisher say, no, it doesn't. That's ridiculous. And then so the left political Democrats would say video games are sexist, racist and homophobic. And the publishers would say, yeah, that's, a, that's right. Video game players are awful people. And so the Gamergate community is like, well, wait a minute. You don't represent us fairly. Um, I don't want to paint them in like a light and a lightness because once they said we had enough, then they started spewing this hate, this like basically like cancel culture, I guess. But like four or five years ago, mm -hmm. they would harass people, tell them to kill themselves. Celebrities had to like hide their Twitter handles. Just nasty, nasty. Oh, yeah. Stuff. And they were and they would like post their uh, the people's like address and phone yeah, number. Docs. They would dox them. Yeah. Um, and they were like video YouTube personalities were like encouraging you to go to this person and just harass them like crazy, um, which I don't support at all. So I don't really consider myself to be a gamer gator or whatever the hell they call themselves. But the heart of it was, yeah, yeah. media company. She was a nobody and uh, she made a game. She was sleeping with a guy 
the guy gave her game a 10 out of 10 A plus and it just like catapulted her sales because if the game gets a 10 out of a 10 on a site, it's a pretty big deal. So people saw the phoniness of it, just the plasticness of, of her and her game or whatever. Um, so they said like they started calling out Kotaku, they started calling out video game reporters and stuff. That's kind of what started the whole Gamergate thing. So Zoe Quinn has been on the receiving end of a lot of harassment. She's also not a very nice person. She drags people through the mud. She, She's, um, I guess, like a professional victim. Like she says, this person harassed me, and then she gets a bunch of donations. And then she started a game. She's like, I'm going to make a second game, and she kick-started it. She made $90,000, and then she spent it all on herself. Wow. And she recently said, that she's broke and she didn't have an update for her patreon like her patrons um she for over a year and she had this 90 grand so about a month ago she said hey guys i'm out of money i'm broke and then three weeks later she goes oh and by the way this person sexually assaulted me four or five years ago and i I didn't want to say it but now i'm now i'm coming out and saying it now it probably happened because this person has like a history of mental instability. So it probably happened. But what people are calling into question is why now? Why'd you wait five years to say something? Yeah. Why did like, it's like her, she took what happened to her and she weaponized it. And so this, and I don't know. This, the silver this, bullet that she kept in her back like pocket. They, they both sound like bad people, right? But the guy lost his job. He lost. He made a successful video game. It's called Night in the Woods. It's a good game, um, but he lost his job, lost his company, and he killed himself because he lost too much. And again, he has a history of mental instability. So what I'm sure what she said probably happened. Maybe it's embellished a little. Like I really don't know. But the cancel culture, which we keep saying, which I don't like, killed him. It literally killed him because she was trying to get something out of it. You know, like she was trying to deflect where her ninety thousand dollars went, where her donations from something went. Right. Like it's it's crazy, dude. And so, like conversations that she's had with people are being leaked. Like, I'm gonna go after this guy and get everything. Um, and then his apology to her was leaked. He's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing better. I'm seeing a therapist. I'm I'm trying to do better." Um, but like it, it literally claimed somebody's life. So once he killed himself, once it was announced, she blocked her Twitter. She deleted her Patreon. Oh well, yeah. She, yeah. Cause they, they can go in there and prove how much money she's making a month, you know, but, but she can't deliver on this product and there's no, there's no rules to Kickstarter or Patreon or whatever. There's no rules. It's donations. Yeah. yeah right. So like, like, can you be taxed on it? Like, I, I think, you, I think you yeah, have yeah. to pay taxes on it. Sure. But, but do you have to? You don't deliver? have to deliver. You don't have to yeah. deliver. No. Like uh, that dude that invented Oculus, he made it all on a Kickstarter. Uh-huh. He sold it to Facebook for like three billion dollars. So he spent zero money. He spent like nothing. It was all Kickstarter, and now now we help this guy become a billionaire. Yeah. So we were the people that gave him money were essentially like uh, they own stock. But but they don't. They, but they don't. They, they, they don't. They they own what the the product that he gave him. So they, they, it was just a transaction. There so they not, didn't get. Well, well, they got an Oculus Rift or whatever <laughs> it is. They got an Oculus Rift, and that's about it. Yep. So, but that's the thing too: is this situation is make like we we need to create rules. Technology is moving so fast that we need to create the rules after the fact because these situations pop up. Well, and that's yeah. dead. Yeah. 
that's the thing the about the game. But it's the thing about technology advancing is it's really good for most things, but it's also there's also like that period of time afterwards that it's like, oh, <laughs> we just shifted everything and all the rules are built for the old stuff. And there's and there's always going to be the people, the shifty people that are ahead of the curve that can take advantage of the the loopholes yeah, before yeah, before they get closed up. Mm-hmm. Like like this Zoe Quinn chick who I I've never even heard of her until recently and when i just like i just googled her you know and then it was either it was either really really positive things or really really bad things and then it was so like i'm not sure what to believe but there is a history of her accusing people of things and then being proven wrong so she's she's a boy who cried wolf you know she's done it before but she has been harassed relentlessly by people online so like she doesn't deserve it. No one deserves to be told like you should kill yourself a million times a day, or or whatever. You know like just sure like th- like there's 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 a holes on both sides of these of these battle lines. But the point that the bottom line is somebody killed themselves because they were in the process of being canceled because the Twitter mob wanted it. You know like we're not going to support you. And what you the Twitter mob wants, the Twitter mob gets. It seems like it. That, I mean, that's the, the it, that's why it's still a thing. If yeah. it didn't work, it wouldn't happen. But the fact that it the, the fact that it's still happening is meaning means that it's working. People being outraged on social media too just seems so phony. Like, <laughs> there there are worse things happening to people in your neighborhood that you can get pissed off about. Yep. But because and, it's and like, actually have an actual say in what and happens, input into what's mm-hmm. going on. Like, you know, like there's worse things happening to your cousin that you're not yeah, caring it, about. It, but. Isn't that what you, you were just saying about Dave Chappelle? He's living in like a small town in Ohio, mm-hmm. attending his local town hall meetings, speaking at him. And yeah, he shows up to the caucus at the junior high and he's always got something to say. It, so so he, he's he's politically involved where he should be in, in, at a local level where he can have an impact. Yeah, it, it's, he's showing an example of what being involved politically is it's not retweeting. what it should be it's not retweeting you're not doing your person. part if by retweeting the picture of the amazon on fire that's that's not enough especially if it's a picture of the russian forest <laughs> yeah like the caprio <laughs> 15 <did>. years ago <laughs> yeah anyway this is uh there's been a lot going on I, I don't know if it's just me and i'm able to absorb this this info yeah. more but it's kind of funny we've never gotten this political but uh yeah, Sorry all, about that. I guess I don't, it's interesting, dude, because like people people have a side that they're on, well, well, and, and I like to say that we're not. But I also believe that the internet, the internet wants you to think that you're more at at people's throats than you really are. Oh, like, absolutely. I can, I can go hang out with the most. I, I don't even know because I, I don't. I don't want to say I'm one way or the other, but I can go hang out with a Trump supporter, and and he like. Like what you're passionate about, I'm not, but I respect you. But I can also go to somebody else. I can go to somebody who's gender, like gender neutral, whatever, and still, mm-hmm. like, because they're still human beings. But it doesn't sell tickets mm-hmm. for whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. bring eyes to the news channel to show people getting along. Yeah, you're right. I mean. Anyway, that got uh, uh, that was. I was kind of expecting it though when we brought up Chappelle. Chappelle, well, well, and, that, and that's a, that's something I want to say is that politics, like this type of conversations and stuff, is penetrating our uh, pop culture, and that's what we that that's 
what our podcast is, pop culture. And we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're literally just talking about a comedy special and the comedy special is about all this. So like, it's not our fault. It's Dave, Chappelle, <laughs> it's, it's Dave Chappelle's fault. It's the culture's fault. Yeah. Damn Twitter mob. Twitter mob. Terrible. Mob. All right. Should we get started? Yeah. Let's get into this episode, please. Okay. So, uh, this last week there was a, a movie that was released called it chapter two. Uh, in the next couple weeks, there's going to be another movie released called The Joker. And Pavarotti's and, after that, right? And then and, then, <laughs> and Pavarotti. Uh, but it seems to be that these these clowns with the new zombies. Well, it just seems to be that these movies, just like Chucky and Toy Story, the movies about <laughs> living toys, movies about clowns, they tend to come in twos. So we're going to do just kind of a grab bag uh, episode about. Um, clowns. <laughs> this is Pennywise this, versus uh, Pennywise versus, versus the Joker. Joker. Clown um, college. This is our clown college episode. Yeah. Chris kind of had the idea here, so we're gonna have him. Uh, we have a bunch of questions that we've put into a hat. Bunch of questions. Um, Chris is gonna pick those questions out, and we'll we'll uh, try and keep it real short. But we're gonna just make quick observations about each of these. Uh, Here, Scott, read these this. Questions. <laughs> I guess I'll read it. Um, so, who is scarier, the Joker or Pennywise? See, and I wrote this, and I wanted to because pre- I didn't want to rattle this out. But I wanted to preface is that Pennywise, you know, obviously he's a scarier, obviously, but he represents um, the worst of the supernatural, and Joker represents the worst of humanity. Agreed. So that's kind of what I wanted. That's that's the discussion. Okay. So this is my this is this is what I wrote down when I when I looked at that question and I put my notes down. Pennywise's entire purpose is to feed on fear. So the entire purpose is he He's looks a fear in, vampire. It, he looks into you, into your soul, and finds out what you are the most afraid of, and that's what he Eats. portrays himself as mm-hmm. so that you you are the most afraid as possible and that's what makes him stronger so who is scarier pennywise and and you're right that the joker represents the worst of humanity yeah but that's kind of what and this is where uh, i'm hoping that uh it chapter two gets into because because in the first it movie he turns into things that the kids are scared of. But if you read the book, the things the adults are scared of is much more abstract. And it's it's, like that studio C skit where they're like, your bill is here. You're in debt. (laughs) (laughs) It's (laughs) your in-laws are coming for dinner. It's more, it's more about what, like what, what, what's the worst part of me. Mm -hmm. And that's what scares me. And so that's that's where Pennywise can I think is more scary is he can show you the worst of yourself. So I think I think um, this is context has a lot to do with this. Chris, like, you're screwed. By the way, there's two Giffords in this room. Oh, I know. I just <laughs> so, so I think I think in this context ha- takes a big part because if I'm sitting in the in the movie theater and just watching the movies, both the movies, obviously Pennywise, it is going to be, it chapter two is going to be scarier than the Joker. Mm -hmm. But 
as I'm walking out, going back into the real world, like you said, Chris, what's more of a, th- a threat and what scares me more about reality mm-hmm. is, is Joker's ideas, not Pennywise's. Right. So, uh, so it depends on the context. Then that's definitely what, true. Like I was like, I was even thinking this. I was like, you're laying in bed. You're by yourself. It's a dark room. I was like, are you scared of the supernatural? Because a lot of people are. Or are you scared of somebody breaking into your house and killing you? So like a, a ghost or a person. So like, so Pennywise represents fear, right? And then Joker just represents, like his goal, his goal isn't even to win. His goal isn't to blow the ship up, you know? His goal is to prove that people are more like him than they want to admit. He is chaos embodied. He doesn't care if you beat him up or punch him in the face. He, he encourages it. That, yeah. That's that, actually that, what's best for him. Yeah. yeah. If that if that gets you to be more like him, then mm-hmm. that's then that fulfills his yeah. goal. So like, so I don't know. I don't like, even if know I if he in, wants people to be like him. He just wants people to be the worst versions of themselves. I think they want, he wants people to, like, he puts on his Joker face and that's him. I think that's what this new movie is about too, which we'll probably talk about. Um, but like Batman, he puts on the cowl. That's actually him. Joker puts on his makeup. That that's actually him. And it makes people uncomfortable that they're probably more like him than they like to admit. Yeah, he he uh, he wants to break down people's righteous facades and mm-hmm. get get to their inner wild beast. Basically. It's like if if you walk into a bathroom by yourself and you saw Pennywise or I saw Joker, I would equally crap my pants <laughs> um but there's something about joker because joker like, would make a pencil disappear yes yeah. <laughs> and pennywise would just eat your soul yes <laughs> right so right. yeah like obviously pennywise it's a, it's a scary movie but the the concept of both of them are pretty terrifying yeah and, and the the question though was not which movie is scarier it's what which character, character is yeah scarier. so good question good and question I don't know if I have a straight answer for you. Uh, honestly, neither do I, because I did say Pennywise is scarier because he he embodies fear. But just like Chris his said, his weakness is you're just not afraid of him. Anymore. You're not afraid of him, and when you learn to be not afraid, <coughs> Pennywise mm-hmm. is powerless. Whereas the Joker relies on humanity as a whole to be his minions. Exactly. Cool. Ooh. Let's move on. Are we going to answer? I, uh, I don't know. Pennywise. He's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if, uh, yeah, if, if I'm laying in bed after watching both movies, it's going to be Pennywise yeah. 100%. <laughs> but I just, I feel like I wanted to talk about it because Joker is like a, a villain. You know, he's been around forever, but what he rip represents, it's pretty scary. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. cool. Good stuff. Good topic. Good discussion. Okay. Here, Jake, you, you read this one now. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, next one up. I want you guys to know that I didn't submit a single question here. (laughs) So this is all going to be either Chris or Scott's questions. Um, Why is Stephen King so big right now? So hot or so big? Is he fat? He is. Is he gaining weight? He is so no, hot right no, now. He, his temperature, he's, he has a fever. It's that damn Hansel. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wrote this one down, uh, or I, I submitted this question. And my, my, like, so my answer to this is everyone kind of knows how modern uh, character-driven stories have become very big um, lately. Uh, we talk about Breaking Bad and and all these uh these TV shows. Mad I like Men. how we say lately. Yeah, <laughs> bring up a movie from 
TV show from Barry. We'll talk about Barry. Yeah, Barry. All all these like anti-hero type things. Stephen King has been doing these since the seventies. Since the seventies. So like since the seventies. Yeah, exactly. Since the seventies. So so I think the the resurgence of this type of uh, protagonist has brought him back in favor because he's so good at it. He's been doing it forever. So that that's kind of my two cents on why he's been so big lately. Dude, like I've always heard the name. Like it's, it's almost impossible not to, especially with like the he's a madman. You know, he's a madman. The 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 amount of books he's written, the genres, how yeah. how one can be so just different than the next. Yep. And it was like, like a person I know is like, my favorite movies are this, this, and this. I'm like, those are all written by Stephen King. And he's like, were they? Yeah, I didn't know that. Exactly. Green Mile and Stand By Me and freaking Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those were all written by Stephen King. Are you serious? Uh, the guy that wrote and, about the, the, and, the child orgy moot book and it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So what I have written down here in my notes is that studios are desperate for content. <laughs> and so this isn't bad, though, if they're reaching no, out to Stephen King. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Student, studios are desperate for content, and King has two big things going for him. One, he's prolific. There is so many books that he's written, so many short stories that he's written. He he has so much They've been making content. movies about his movies for a while. It just yeah. seemed like he's never been like this uh, in the forefront of it. Right. And the second thing he's got going for him is something that Scott brought up is that his character building is second to none. Yeah. His characters are so vivid and I know his characters. When you read his books, you know that person, you know, you know them intimately. And so because he has so much stuff and he has so many characters and all his characters are so great. Uh, a studio would be stupid not to consider yeah. bringing in a Stephen and, King and, book and or you story. just you just made me think of like from from an actor's perspective, how amazing would it be to have because if you've ever written read sorry read a Stephen King book, you know that he goes for pages describing characters. Absolutely, he goes forever. So so these these actors get these characters that are so fleshed out that their work is all already done for them or half their work. They just need to start embodying that that character that's already fleshed out and so um i think it that alone helps the uh the director and the actors in their perform in the performance of the characters and just makes the 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 product that much better there's something that i found out about stephen king recently too that i never knew before and i i'm I've, i've never i've never i mean i've always been a big reader but not as big as i am now um and now that i'm able to consume books through my earbuds you know it's becoming a lot easier to, <laughs> yep. i can do whatever and listen to a book um but i was i was on a reddit like books subreddit and somebody was complaining that the secret's out the, St- the stephen king secret is out and that's that all of his books are connected in the same universe they were complaining about it no, no they were complaining that everyone knows now you know, because okay. and, and I, I was like, it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a weird complaint, but I can kind of see like this is our thing. Oh, OK. You know I what I mean? It. Like I, I and now everyone knows about it. But like, I didn't know that he's been writing books since 15 years before I was born. I didn't know that his I books were this, all connected. I found this giant, giant yeah. infographic so did I. that 
interconnected shows where how they're all interconnected and and the character from this book is actually in this book that and, is so brilliant too and like the, if, if i was there from the start and the next book came out i was like oh i can't wait to get that chills oh, moment where they dude, mentioned the character from the last book things like the dude, the, the, the walking black, man or the the man in black the man or, in black yeah he, um, he, he has a walter uh, walter or well, what's yeah he has a bunch of names but, but randall flag randall or something. flag yeah anything um the the black kid in it his dad was in the army and best friends and he gets with axed <laughs> in the shining in, with the dude in the shining yeah and it's stuff like that and it's 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 insignificant connections like that but, but they are connections but they're connections and it inter interweaves so, this story that is awesome it makes it makes his Sand- world Sanderson's doing it right now the, dude, it, the, the craziest thing though is that Stephen King has, has said like I don't even remember writing it I was so high on cocaine <laughs> I, I don't even remember writing it. it as in it yeah okay Okay. That, or what, whatever. I don't know if it's it or if it's like Shining. I think it might be Shining, actually. Dude. Anyway, th- he has multiple books that he doesn't even remember writing because he was so high Just on Just blasted on cocaine. on cocaine. But there's still all these... Because they demanded like a book a month from him. <laughs> yeah, and he did point. it. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> that, that reminds me of uh, Philip K. Dick, the guy that wrote uh, Blade Runner. The dude, Sheep Dream of Electric Fences. or I don't know what the hell it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Do androids yeah. dream of electric sheep? <laughs> Um, but dream of electric fences. <laughs> when they that used to be the tagline, they, they the jump episode. over. They jump over an electric fence when you're counting them. <laughs> anyway, he wrote each book on a different drug. Oh, really? Is, yeah, like LSD was one of them. Heroin was one of them. God, he has a ton of books too. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of drugs out there. <laughs> I wonder why he died so early. It's a shame. Huh. Interesting. All right, let's anyway, go to the next one. Move on, Chris. Uh, I will do it. To crumple this paper. La La Land. Is this? Is this right? La La Land. Oh, Moonlight. Moonlight, guys. I'm sorry. That's a Emmy's joke. Okay, guys. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good joke. That was awesome. Was, I'm glad you. All right. Did that. Skarsgård versus Curry. Ooh. So Bill Skarsgård. Okay. You want, you want to hear what I have to say? So, about so the, these, both of these actors played Pennywise. So, so who, who did it better? So this is hard because both these actors, it seems like the role that they were born to play. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Both of them. Like they both play it so freaking well and they're, but they both play it so differently as well but curry is creepy outside the movie too (laughs) you think so (laughs) oh my gosh yes i I love curry every time i see yeah and he's a creep in everything he does every everywhere i see everywhere i see curry and everything oh Everywhere I see him, he's a creep. Well, well, it's, well yeah, it's like charming like, is char- charming does not mean not creepy. I, I guess so. It's an even, unsettling charming. Even, like I love even, him in like Clue. Or, yeah, and he's creepy in Clue, but he's also cre- like in uh, Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. He's super creepy yeah. in that movie. Like every Muppet Treasure in, Island. Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> I watched that a couple of days ago. How does she bloody do that? <laughs> Um, he ends up being the bad guy. 
So he was nice. I think I have to say Curry because he's creepy outside of the movie. You just made me think. I had a point I wanted to say. This is not related at all. (laughs) But there's something about the Muppet movies that really pull good performances out of actors. Like Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's like, I'm just going to pretend I'm not surrounded by guys shoving their hand up a puppet <laughs> making them talk. Or Tim Curry playing like Blackbeard. Yeah. It's uh, Long John Silver. Yeah, sorry. Long John Silver. You're right. Um, Get it right. That's a good bro. point. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, I so mean, who are you voting for? When I, I saw, I even saw the old It too, like back in the day. And I remember people were like, terrified of it like they had nightmares forever and ever they were mortified and i was just like why like i don't i never got why it was so scary especially because he and and i get like he can be goofball clowny you know like he was like sitting in the background acting like ronald mcdonald and then on a switch he could just turn creepy yeah but it like never was that creepy to me yeah so i don't i to me scars guard is scarier um, who the better actor is? That's not really a, that's not a question. That's not the question. So I think Skarsgård is scarier. I think Skarsgård played a better played a better uh, Pennywise. Pennywise, because because he when he that was that was the thing I wanted to say is uh, his kind of snapping either way was creepy. You know, like mm-hmm. when he was being like a subdued clown, he still had like a goofy eye and he was drooling all over drooling. himself. Yeah. yeah. So like either way, he's creepy. Like the way dude, that he dude, dead and, stared at you. And the fact that he can, the, the actor can do that with his eye where he like points his eye in a different direction. And there was, like I, I saw, amazing. I saw an Easter egg video for the first movie. This stuff I didn't even know. Um, but Pennywise is, in scenes constantly that you don't even know. Yeah, he's in he's in paintings in the background. Yeah. He's in he's the when stuff. when who's the chubby kid is reading the book in the library, the librarian stops and turns at him and just like kind of hunches over and looks at him the way that Bill Skarsgård does. I never noticed it before, but I was unsettled in the scene. It's just something at your uh, side vision, whatever the hell. The devil's in the details of yeah. movies a lot of but times. But I never, and then they pointed it out, and I was like, that is so creepy, dude. That yeah. they, like, she's an extra. And they're now turn and hunch your shoulders forward like you're hungry and look at them and smile. And they zoomed in, and I was like, oh, I got chills all over my body. That's <laughs> yeah. so gross. Yeah. Uh, uh, that uh, that that first movie's great. For for me, it's Skarsgård as well. Like he, for all the reasons Chris said, like the the way he he played it, the the thing he does with his eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's Skarsgård is so much scarier. That scene when he uh, is attacking the nerdy kid in the house. Yeah, and. And he's like on top of the kid, and he's screaming. Well, well, well th- this being uh, the the uh, one in the eighties or whatever, I think it was actually nineteen ninety or something. Anyway, yeah. it was a TV. It was made for TV, so that they they had lots of restrictions. This one, they can actually bite a kid's arm off. <laughs> like it, like oh, the, yeah. the the freedom that they have to make him more yeah cause, creepy because the Tim Curry one he bit the kid and he got the teeth and everything and he bit the kid but all it did is show him latch down on the arm yeah and, and, then, and, then, and then it cut away quick they didn't they showed very little mm-hmm. violence. and this this the new one it didn't show him actually rip the kid's arm off but it did show a kid without an arm yeah and it's in the his blood did like the shark thing where like the teeth extend out of the mouth <sighs> the blood dripping down that was it's a it's a it's an intro we all know of we all knew it was going to happen mm-hmm. but it was still shocking oh. in the movie I remember jumping yeah. like out of my seat 
at that just part. like jarring like wow they they just did that the, in a yeah. movie that's crazy and, and it set the tone mm-hmm. for where this movie's going how they're gonna do it cool and it's a book that's like 30 years old now but it still was just as shocking to see it yep all right scott all right scott read this okay i will read it um all right this one has a couple parts so this is why do clowns make good villains i think that i'm sorry i i kind of take over every question <laughs> go first do your thing man um we'll say the I best think, for last i <laughs> i think that clowns hide their faces they put all the makeup on they hide their faces and they are and especially party clowns because like there's the traditional clown and then there's or the whatever the classical clown that's from like old Italian opera uh-huh. and stuff like that. And then there's the the party clown that that comes in. And the party clown, they're so aggressive with their humor mm-hmm. and with their jokes and with their entertainment. And they're like, it's all, it's all turned out to 11 over the top. Yeah. So. And it's these guys that come in. And so you have these kids that are naturally timid towards strangers. This stranger who paints his face, makes himself look very unnatural, comes to a party uh, and then gets in your face. If if you're not laughing, then it means I have to go bigger. I have mm-hmm. to try harder. Yeah. I have to get and and they're usually middle aged men uh-huh. entertaining children. They smell so, like so, salami or something. Yeah, and so beef and cheese. Because of that, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> so I think because of all that, that they hide their face. They make themselves look unnatural. They they're smiling even if they're sad. Uh, they had they they want to get a good reaction, so they go big and they get in your face, and they're so like because of that. I think kids have a natural aversion to clown can develop a natural aversion to clowns. It's really and then, weird too. Like my brother has, a, he's scared of clowns, and just ever since he was a baby. Yeah, it's and weird. and then once you grow into an adult that natural aversion just grows with you and that's why clowns and then Stephen King writes it and because I I don't think that I think there's a lot of people that aren't afraid of clowns I'm I'm personally not afraid of clowns I don't think I think it depends on the clown (laughs) well I mean if the clown grows shark teeth Mm -hmm. and tries to eat me yeah Yeah. that that's I'll be afraid of that clown but as far as like party clowns or like someone dressing up as a clown it doesn't scare me. It does, it's not spooky to me yeah. as much as, as other things. Well, and th- this goes along with another one of the um, uh, grab hat items is are clowns inherently scary, which is kind of more what you're answering is d- depends. It depends. <laughs> for you, so, no, obviously. Not, they're not inherently scary. But but for Chris's brother, yeah, they're inherently scary. So I, I, I wrote... I think I wrote one of these questions. I'm not sure, but I I did a a little bit of looking into it, and there's two um, uses of clowns in media that really kind of make you think about it. The one is the the what's it Pavarotti, the the, the depressed clown. The yeah, the sad the clown. sad clown who's uh-huh. who's he's sad, but his job is to make you smile. So he is inside. He's depressed, but he's got a smile painted on his face forcing him to smile it's a really weird concept um the other one is a the but movie. he's also designed to make you feel superior mm-hmm. to him yeah he's you're a bit like like dumbo like the clowns and dumbo like right. you're beneath them you're you're a goofball like a, like a court jester yeah right um 
The other one is Watchmen. And uh, not a lot of people know this, but Watchmen was pitched as like a DC movie. Like it's pretty apparent, like the owl, the night owl is Batman, uh, Dr. Manhattan is Superman, blah, blah, blah. So the Joker was the comedian and he was supposed to be on their team in the Watchmen. Uh, But the comedian is kind of the same concept. Like he is a bad person. Um, But to him, everything's a joke. And if the, the, disgustingness of society makes you laugh you got a smile painted on your face like that's what makes you happy um there's something kind of unsettling about like perma smile on your face yeah when you're laughing you're smiling at bad things happening in society like everything's a joke to you yeah and and, uh i think going into the the original question of why do clowns make good villains yeah is i think clowns just make good characters in general because there's the, like the whole sad clown thing is there's they naturally have so many layers and uh, that's always a good thing for characters and for villains that they're they're not just at face value this uh, and you, the, one way that they're, they're a lot deeper that when you get to know them further they're they have their motivations are not what you <laughs> thought they were and thing. not just their motivations their emotions Right, because right. like we talked about, they're, they're, they're sad hiding. underneath, but they have a smile always on their face. And their their motivation. And th- this might apply to Joker, but for some reason, it seems to be recurring. His motivation is to watch the world burn. You know that mm-hmm. that makes him smile. Um, there's a video game. It's called Final Fantasy VI. The villain in that Never is heard a, of it. <laughs> the villain in it is called Kefka. He's a court jester. Uh, he's just a, the goofball that follows him around. Um, but he's he's this chaos embodied, and the more the story progresses, the more powerful he gets. And you know, he's for some reason clowns are chaotic, and they they will do whatever it takes to get to get a laugh. Um, so he's just elevating and elevating. And in this game, he actually destroys the world. And you, there it does an Avengers Endgame moment. This is five years later, and your group has to get together again. But it was crazy at the time because the clown won and he started out from like almost nothing, kind of like Joker. Um, but his his goal was just to watch the world burn. He didn't care. And it was he, he's a great villain and he's in a video game from the Super Nintendo. Um, just super layered character. So it's interesting that uh, were they trying to model it after Joker? No. Do you think? I mean, it, because, because having a clown that, that an anarchist clown isn't necessarily like a. A trope or anything right it, i don't know i mean it, it was a video game made in the early 90s in japan okay. so if it was based on joker i'm not sure it's it's a fantasy setting he was a court jester um like he has he doesn't look like joker in, in any mm. sense but but their ideals are super similar like like the, he didn't he didn't have like his master evil plan he just kind of Oh, I'm gonna take this soul of something I'm not supposed to, and take this magic item. Like it's too much power. He's like, I don't care, and he takes more and more and more, and the, the end of the world happens. Huh? And he like he like ascends to godhood, but it's still all a joke to him. It's all just super funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. That, that's like, creepy. That's yeah. definitely creepy. It's as it's as it makes a good villain. It's usually like the clown villainous clowns are usually associated with like. Just chaos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like Sweet Tooth and and uh, what's that game? Oh called? yeah, Twisted, Twisted, metal. Twisted metal. metal. Yeah, like he's he's an ice cream man with chainsaws and machine guns, and he, he puts a clown face on because it's funny. It's funny to run you over and hit you with a chainsaw. Right. It's it's weird, man. 
I, uh, clowns make good villains and they're usually like it, this joker movie is supposed to be really good and i think the origination of a clown being a bad guy had to have been because at some point clowns must have been entertaining for children or something like that or else they wouldn't have existed and so i think they're just like a bastardization of something that should be sweet and fun and childlike it and is then, interesting too because it started off as something for kids exactly you don't, you don't see clowns anymore like at parties or anything like yeah, the, the, it is like, solely just something used to as for scary purposes. Exactly. So, so it's something that's that that was wholesome and family friendly, and it's been bastardized into something that's. I think that's not. also what makes them a good villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that you take something that's supposed to be for children. I mean, it's the same reason why why kids in horror films. Like yeah, because they're, it's sweet and like innocent. the omen or whatever. It, yeah, like a, yeah, or any anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet mm-hmm. and innocent, and then make it horrifying. Little girls with long black hair. Just Puke put it green. over their face, and now they're <laughs> yeah, now exactly. they're scary. Cool. All right. Good discussion, guys. Next, All right, Jake, you're up. Let's draw this first. question. Okay. Why is the Joker so beloved? So, I mean, this kind of goes into what we've been talking about as well. Um, it's a pretty good transition. Yeah, it is. So, out of all of... Uh, so, I wrote this one down as well. So, out of all of <clears throat> all of Batman's villains, it seems like the Joker is the most... Is it? I don't know if beloved is the right word, but it's the most. Oh, he's. I mean, he's beloved. Yeah, he, he's the most recurring. He's the. He's like the main people's villain. favorite villain. Yeah, he's typically the main villain. Um, why is it? Is it because they chose it, or is it because of the reactions from the audience? So uh, it's weird too. It's, uh, yeah, I'm sure you got something to say, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna go first. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Screw you. Okay, so it's weird too because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, he because he says it in the Dark Knight. He says, "What happens when an immovable force meets an uh, an unstoppable object?" Yeah, that's true. Or an unstoppable <clears throat> force hits an immovable object. <laughs> an immovable force. <laughs> that force is immovable. Um, what makes it's demasculating? So, <laughs> Chris said it earlier that. The Joker is an agent of chaos. He is chaos embodied. Mm -hmm. That is what he is for. And he has no, his only motivation is to cause chaos. So he, he's not trying to accomplish anything. It's not, um, Mr. Ice who's trying to find a cure or he he used to be a doctor. He's trying, he's not, uh, he's he's not someone that something has happened to him and he's trying to get revenge that none of that, his, there is no motivation. So so he's the antithesis of Batman. That's, that's what I was going to say is like, which is weird too because batman is dark brooding he he looks like the bad guy batman does yeah and joker is his opposite that's kind of crazy like it's that's why i think it makes it so good and i don't even know i mean i'm not like a comic book historian i don't know if joker was supposed to be his main villain but it almost had to have happened like once bob kane made joker it almost had to have happened that way because he's the opposite of Batman. There's no bargaining with him. Mm-hmm. There's no reasoning with him. That that cuz that's a lot of of what superheroes do with supervillains. They try and talk them down, try and talk them out of it. Uh sometimes a supervillain they, they, they always have the rule to no kill to not kill mm-hmm. typically like the, the supervillain will sometimes like change their mind. They'll take mercy on someone. 
that's not what the Joker does. And that, that it's embodied in that movie in the Dark Knight where when he has all the the, the ships yeah. rigged to blow. And he's like, either way, people a shipload of people is gonna die. Whether whether they do it to each other or I do it to them, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter. A shipload of people is going to die. Is it going to be two shiploads? Is it going to be one or the other? Is it going to be the people you expect or the people you don't expect? He's like he's like running uh, social experiments mm-hmm. on people just to and see. And laughing at it. And laughing at yeah. ju- and he's just the, to the, see. The trolley what, experiment. Because yeah, one ship had all of the inmates and the other ship had innocent passengers. Right. And so you're like, well, yeah. the, are you going to kill? They're, they're, they're garbage people. Or are these cutthroat inmates going to kill you? Yeah. And, in the, and, and it's just in their head. They, dude. He's screwing with them. It, he's screwing yeah. with them. And it, and it's so funny because he and he says it to Two-Face when he's in the hospital room. He's like, I'm like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. Uh, and, and that's kind of what makes him such... I think what makes him everybody's favorite villain is the fact that he's so interesting. There is so much to his character. Like it seems like his main goal is to get Batman to kill him, right? Because if he can get Batman to kill anybody, I think that's that's his goal in Dark Knight specifically. Yeah, um, because he has that one rule, and he's like, "Well, I want you to break that rule." Yeah, because that's and if if Batman and that's a crazy this is a crazy thing if Batman does kill him. Joker wins. Exactly. He's dead. In fact, in Dark Knight, he wins anyway. He got his goal. He turned their White Knight into something terrible. Yep. Uh, in that movie, he won. And and Batman had to change his persona. He still stood for the same thing, but he had to change. He had to be what Gotham needed him to be and build his foundation on a lie because of Joker. Right. Like It's crazy. Right. He's, a, he's a great character. He's a, he's a douchebag in clown makeup that kills people. But he's, yeah. I don't know. It's it's crazy, man. I I, I think what makes him it, the lack of a motivation, which means you cannot bargain. You cannot. There there's there there is. It's all or nothing. You either have to kill him. Because even if you capture him, you send him to Arkham. How many times in the comic books has he gone to Arkham and then just taken over the prison? Yeah. Like, you, you have to kill him. But... And it's interesting that he that you say he has lack of motivation. Or what did you say? Lack of... Motivation. Motivation. He also he has lack of ethic. But he his one ethic is that he has no ethics. That he has no ethics. I, and that and makes he follows him, it. And it is... that Oddly enough, that is an ethic that he follows. As yeah. Like Jack Sparrow, like you can always depend on somebody to be undependable. Exactly. <laughs> it's the dependable people that you have to be worried about. <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, but it, it, that's what I think. That's what makes him so interesting to me. And that's what makes me love him so much is, is that the, he, the, the unpredictability of it uh, and, and, and the predictable unpredictability of exactly. it. Exactly. I don't know. It's super fascinating. Cool. Let's move on. We have a couple more minutes. I'm trying to keep our episodes short. <laughs> Shorts. Is this Chris? Nah. Christopher. Okay. So this one says. Uh, so the new Joker movie with Walking Phoenix comes comes out soon. It's getting great reviews. So hypothetically, if this keeps going, and they make a franchise, if it makes a billion dollars, who should play Harley Quinn? 
I wrote that one down too. Who should be Harley? Okay, so you go first then. I said Margot Robbie, obviously, because she's hot. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. She's 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 got experience exactly. playing Harley Quinn. No, so you're saying she's got the look. She's got the look. Uh, she's no, got I, the I don't look. know if her Chris set the me current... up and I he teed off on me. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I don't. I don't think the the the, the way she looks in um in what is it called. The, the where she plays Suicide her, Squad. Suicide Squad. I don't like that look necessarily. Maybe a toned down one. Kind of like how this Joker is a little toned down. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I, I kind no. of wrote the question down and the answer as a joke. But uh, what do you guys think? I think that I. I mean, I said Blake Lively for the same oh, reason. Be great. She's super pretty, but. She's, she's also too. she's also she's funny. She's also um, had experience playing like a manic depressive. I I don't know if you ever seen the town. Did you ever see the town? I never saw it. Town's fantastic. It's movie. such a good movie. But she plays this manic depressive girl in that. And can you imagine Chris her playing that girl from the town? Just just with bipolar. Yeah, where where she's like half the time she's super depressed and 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 down in the dumps, but half the time she's super up and happy and and uh, girly and and fawning over her her boyfriend, uh, and then she has the face makeup on. Like I I I immediately when huh. I read that question thought the town and her character in the town. That's good. Um. So I I kind of put. I mean, this is gonna sound rude. I kind of put a lot of thought in mind <laughs> uh, compared to you clowns. Um, <laughs> but, well, I'm like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. I so just... this this new Joker movie is getting like Oscar buzz already. Yeah. And Harley Quinn is such a one-dimensional character. Like she was created for the, the show, the TV show. The t- yeah. And she was just there to be... I don't even know a sidekick to yeah. a villain. Like, um, so she started off just one dimensional. Um, but once she became popular, they're like, Hey, we, we should give this character some depth. And she was the Joker's, um, therapist, therapist. a psychiatrist in Arkham. And so I, I just pictured like Joker two, like, like a character with a great intention, but this, this person with so much charisma that he could like, you you lock yourself in a room with him and your goal is to talk to him and all he wants to do is make you more like him so i was like who's like an unflappable altruistic like person that he could corrupt and it would be sad um so i thought emma watson like oh, hermione is this like how good of a movie that would be to like watch her be like just like the best version of herself just trying to do something good and then he just corrupts her her have a two-faced turn yeah, like that yeah like yeah. and, and she could probably pull it off really well too. I think she could. But like her and Joaquin Phoenix as like the duo of people that are crazy together, it it, it seems like the the concept is exciting, but it's also a tragedy. It's heartbreaking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Dude, I'm, that's I'm, I'm just stroking my own ego now. Like, just think of it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, it's so a great as one. You, as I both like of you guys were talking, I thought of a of a serious answer to this. Um, based on Jake. Uh, Talking about uh, Blake Lively's role as a kind of a crazy person, I th- it made me think of Rosamund Pike. She's, she's a good from actress. Gone Girl. From Gone Girl, because she be, can be like cute and bubbly, and then yeah. on a dime be. Crazy. And I think I think it would work well into yours as well. She 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 can be very respectable and and like be like the the um, leather bound office mm-hmm. uh, therapist type person, 
and then uh and then turn into a crazy person that's, anyway that's a good that's, i mean it's the same movie that you were just saying too mm-hmm. like yeah uh she's a good actress it, it seems kind of like it makes sense Mm-hmm. It's like it's like on the nose especially, casting, especially with uh, Joaquin. Damn it! Phoenix's, now I want to see this movie. <laughs> especially with know, Joaquin huh? Phoenix's age, I feel like they have a, a better. Mm-hmm. No, not that like because they're crazy. Like it, it, anyway, yeah, cool. Cool. <clears throat> Do we have any more? Yeah, we have two more. Two more. Let's finish them up. Let's okay. let's, let's do a lightning round here. All right. So, uh, other than the the Joker, who is Batman's greatest villain? Can I go? Yeah. Two-Face. You think so? Yep. I think Two-Face shows what Batman can be if he lets the darkness take over. You think, but do you mean specifically from Dark Knight or just in general? Uh, I think that Harvey Dent was the best of what, uh, uh, I mean, from Dark Knight, but also from just mm-hmm. just who Harvey Dent was and yeah. how great of a person he was and his the great downfall that he had uh it just goes to show that the best of them can fall and this is what batman could be if batman it's a cautionary tales for batman Mm -hmm. uh so it's not necessarily the biggest he's the biggest threat to batman but he's the he's he's internally he's the biggest internal arc He's the. the I I love the the way what Dark Knight did of making them like buddies Mm because I don't think the comics had that. Right. But them being friends uh, makes it sting a little more. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, That's my pick. Mine is uh, Ra's al Ghul, um, who wasn't even like that common of a character up until Batman Begins, Um, but Batman's arc with him is so personal oh, uh, yeah. to like Bruce Wayne specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he marries his daughter. They fall in love. They have kids. Um, his Ra's al Ghul is, I mean, it's a little supernatural. It sounds stupid and saying out loud, but he's an immortal. He uh, can bring himself back to life, but he, he wants to destroy Gotham because it's in these scrolls that he has on the top of a Tibetan mountain that this is what he's <laughs> supposed to do. Um, but it's uh I don't know. It, it's always like it, it's like the conflict that Batman has. Like this is his son's grandpa, stuff like that. It just it always made it really personal. Um, and it, Batman Begins, he's the one who trains him. That's not that's not what happened in the comics. I don't think, but they still managed to make this character uh, really personal to him. Right. And every time he showed up, it was always really sudden. Because like he's in the middle of Gotham, and then like a clan of ninjas showed up. Like I don't know. It's there was a lot of good arcs with Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, well, that's a great that's a great pick. So mine is um, because he uh, kind of going in a different direction a little bit. He, he he more defines the underbelly of Gotham really well, like the the nasty darkness of of the bad guys within Gotham. I'm I'm going with uh, Penguin. Dude, Penguin's good. He's really Penguin's good. great. Like, like Danny DeVito, he was he, he was Tim Burton. He was good. Yeah. But like Penguin and like even like the Bat, the Arkham games uh-huh. or like the the comics, he's great. Yeah. He is like just a gangster. He's yep. I love Penguin. Yeah. I, th- I feel like he represents that the genre that Batman's trying to pull off really mm-hmm. well. Like if you were to take any of the Batman movies, like Falcone or Car- or Car- uh-huh. Carmine Falcone, or yeah. uh, but you could have easily put Penguin in that role. Yep. Like he's the seedy underbelly of Gotham. Penguin's mm-hmm. great. Cool. Next one. Okay. Last, last one. I feel like no. I stole your thunder there. I'm no, sorry. Fine. Um, who is 
the best live action Joker. And that's hard to say, man. Like, like I mean, we haven't seen this new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's this so new far. one is going to be is going to decide that, but I don't I don't think it's that hard. Well, I mean, now it's not because yeah, I, th- I think we all kind of know. Uh, I think Jack Nicholson did a great job, mm-hmm. I'm, but I don't like the way his character was written. He yeah. kind of had a purpose. He had he had a plan. He yeah. had all this different stuff. I, I think he was too organized. Uh, he could have. He could like. I just think that there, he those, did kind of go crazy, but he his his motivations weren't. The, he had motivations. Those Burton movies sense. too, like. Burton has a style and I'm not complaining. I just don't think they're necessarily for me because they kind of have like a, this is serious, but it's cartoony. Like the, we're, yeah, yeah. The, this is, this is dark and twisted. There's but not as much weight to it, but because it's it, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, it sounds stupid to say, but his Joker was a little too cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also a little more like the Joker from the comics as far as his looks. Yeah. But I so, mean, yeah, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Um, but with how many, with how long these comics have been out, like there's so many iterations of the Joker. True. So I don't know. I feel like they're all they're all their own characters. Basically, Nicholson's Joker is not Heath Ledger's Joker, which is not yep. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, whom and I've read reviews that he's the best Joker yet. I'm excited to see it. I don't I, I don't want to set my expectations high. Like I, I just, know. I, I know it, it, it I, it's so crazy how good Heath Ledger was and how it, it was such a a big revelation of the the kind of performance he could put in and then for a couple I don't know several years later obviously but to have Joaquin Phoenix now go do such a good job apparently it's just a it, it, it's a character that lends itself to to really deep good especially stories. when that character is such a mystery too like you no one knows his origin no one wants to know his origins it would ruin it so that but that yeah, leads the, to the, the, that leads him to multiple people past, playing him him having a pa- that's what I'm worried about this Joaquin Phoenix one is giving him a pass but one of my favorite parts of, of Ledger's Jokers is every time he explained how he got the stars it was, the scars it was different and it's a joke to him he and thinks it's, it's funny yeah to, exactly uh, your, your cousin asked us a question just to throw this in there what about the epidemic oh, yeah. of, of Joker? Patrick, let's see. Hey, Patrick, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? Let's see what let's let's get him. He says, I request a cold bow discussion on the Joker epidemic of the decade and review of the new Joker trailers. Um, I think that goes perfectly along into this last question that we did. Mm-hmm. I think we can all say that the Jared Leto Joker was by far the worst. Joker. I haven't I haven't seen that movie and I agree. Yeah, <laughs> just looking at the posters. I yeah. watched that movie with Patrick as a matter of fact and I hated it. I hated him in it especially. Um honestly, I hated him before he played it when he was trying to be the method actor, stupid crap. It just as, me off. as far I, as I like as, Jared Leto. I thought it was good casting. I thought it was excellent casting and then I saw the then first I saw picture, the picture and I was like, and I was like is this an April Fools show? When I heard he sent rats to the other cast members, I I rolled my eyes so hard. It's just Um, try hard. So I think as going into Patrick's question, the Joker epidemic, why over the last decade has there been three Jokers? I think we talked about it. Why Joker is so popular? I think... Because he's such an interesting character, we they film and because studios are desperate for content, they want to see 
they want to explore that character. And so that's why I think... Well, as many Jokers as there's, as there's been, there's been as many Batmans. That's or true. Spider-Man. Yeah, it's just... it's the. The 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 America the public loves Batman, and so they're going to continue to make Batman. And as long as they make Batman, they're going to make Joker. You know what I find interesting though about just how good of a character Joker really is, is once you make a a Joker movie without Batman in it, uh, it's getting Oscar buzz for best picture and best actor right. before it even comes out. So that right there should tell you all you need to know about yeah. the character i feel like we focused a lot on joker and not pennywise so much so i think sorry. Our f- the front part of our episode <laughs> yeah. was very pennywise heavy the yeah. back part of our episode <laughs> was very joker heavy um it was it's just the, the look of the, the draw. draw yeah look of the draw so um should we should we say what we thought think about the trailers because that was the other thing yeah. that patrick wanted to hear what we thought about the new joker the, trailer they, like if i go just straight from like with the, without trying like, like chris said without trying to temper my expectations i'm ridiculously excited i'm so but excited. i'm trying to temper but my expectations the trailers isn't what did it for me though like i wasn't excited because of the trailers it, they, they excited me i don't know like it just um, i was intrigued yeah. before the trailers after the trailers i was excited well and and, and here's what i've kind of gathered too is that jo- joker is a crazy person and he is insane so what you're seeing in the trailers it, it it's in the movie but it might not even be real yeah. You know, so like, like that's, I, I don't know. It's, and and that's what I was. That's what I've been. Ta- uh, I I think you and I have actually talked about this off the air when like how much of this is happening in his head. Yeah. Like the whole movie could be in his head. He he could. This movie could give you seven origin stories, and they could probably all have an argument to be why they're his origin story, and people will just argue about it the rest of their life. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> And and uh, Todd Phillips, weirdly enough, I think is the perfect choice. Uh, he directed Hangover. He directed Due Date. He directed uh, Jonah Hill being an arms weapons trader. I don't remember what that movie's called. Yeah. Um, but mo- all of his movies have like a mentally ill person in them. Sometimes they're played for laughs, but they're always super tragic. And like, who better? of a director to, to make a movie like that. It's, yeah. it's weird. And it, he did comedies <laughs> and the bring in the clown song that mm-hmm. plays over the trailer. <laughs> Talk about like masterful trailer work. Yeah. But like yep. p- playing, bring in the clown over the top of that, that trailer. Oh, like <laughs> fantastic. It's so fantastic. I love the trailer. I thought that was, was, was Patrick's question. Like, he just doesn't like it or like he didn't he didn't uh he that didn't, the implication no he, d- he didn't say anything he just said the implication there is that epidemic is ne- a epidemic is a negative. negative connotation but it sounds like he may be excited about the trailer i think which, which is gi- which is giving him mixed feelings which i think is a common thing it, I, I have it myself mm-hmm. like i hate that we have to, that we don't have to but we get the same characters over and over with spider-man with batman with superman with joker joker with with all of these um, but I have mixed feelings because this one seems so different and so good. Yep. Yeah, I'm stoked. Super excited. Can't wait for it. Cool. All right. Watch that's us our, all hate it. <laughs> that's our episode. I feel bad because Troy wasn't here for our Joker episode. I th- I know Troy wanted, would have loved to talk about this stuff, but uh, you snooze, snooze you, lose, you lose, brother. <laughs> you you too. Might be finishing uh, each other sandwiches. Yep. Um, we just made a 
Frozen reference. So is that from Frozen? Yeah, yeah, of course. Finishing each other's sandwiches. Yeah. Yep. I did not know <laughs> that. Definitely from Frozen. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'll just let um, it go. Cool. Um, I think Scotty had an announcement that he wanted to bring up. The uh, oh yeah, so so uh, we don't like. I mean, you. I I don't like asking for money from people, but we have set up a Patreon to that was help. A great start. So I don't like asking for money. I, I don't. I, it, it's it's uh, personally, it's a hard <laughs> thing for me to do. Anyway, but um, we're just asking for support through uh, our Patreon page. We've we've uh, made a Patreon, and uh, it it's basically just to help us host this. On, on our website mm-hmm. that, that costs money. We, we've bought mics, we've bought mixing boards and, and all these things. And uh, it'd be nice to be able to run this uh, through through donations uh, so we don't have to necessarily... Yeah, none of it's going to go in our pocket um, at all. But uh, this is uh, an expensive hobby. And uh, we've been around <laughs> hopefully long enough to uh, to earn your trust, to gain a following. Yeah. Um, just, we would like to expand, do more. We have, we have high, high, like, uh, aspirations of YouTube and things like that. Um, it's just trying to get the, yeah. it, and we, we've, we've gone to a point where the, 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 one of the bigger barriers is money is new equipment, things like that. So, um, like last week, we effed up our episode. We can't even release it. And it, it was a technical difficulty it's because of equipment thing. Yeah. Uh, we've invested a lot of our own money into this and we're happy to do it. Honestly, yeah. I, I've never been happier uh, than since we've started doing the podcast. And so the investment that we have put into this, um, 100% worth it, in my opinion. We want to move forward. We want to do better. And, and you know, I, if nobody donates to us, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, you can listen to us and be freeloaders. That's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think I think I know that there are some people that that do like to. Well, I've had people say like, "Hey, man, can I donate to your Patreon?" And I was like, "We don't have one. We don't have one." Uh, and we so do now. If you do, if you do feel like you would like to 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 express, you like this episode your worth appreciation a through this is that a good way. Episode. Um, we have our Patreon. It's at Cold Bow Podcasts. Look us up on there. You'll see the our logo. Um, we'll link to it. We'll link to it in the in the show notes. Um, so that would uh, be awesome. Yeah. If not, then that's fine too. I think we'll set it up so you can do it like either you can do a one time payment, obviously, or you can do it monthly or by episodes. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever whatever you feel comfortable. If if you can't afford it, please don't. We don't want anybody to to get in trouble donating. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that, that that would be very helpful for us. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Great, guys. We love you. Cool. Thanks. Uh, is there anything else? No. If there's nothing Bombshell else, announcement. Then we'll see you all next time. Thanks. All right. Bye. Yeah.